It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're gonna lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game, this is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Friday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today on this day when our nation is mourning the loss of 13 U.S. service members in the horrible suicide bombings yesterday just outside the Kabul airport. 13 U.S. service members killed. At least 95 Afghans were attempting to flee that country are also uh, known among the dead. And uh, the area there, obviously, still very tense, has some Americans and some Afghans who have worked for America over the last 20 years are still being encouraged to go to the airport. But you could probably understand why there would be nervousness because those two suicide bombers yesterday were able to get by the Taliban uh, line the United States has put the Taliban terrorists in charge of kind of screening people who are trying to get to the airport, who are trying to escape the country. But also, uh, this is a country today that has serious, serious questions, not only about the decision by President Biden to exit the country the way he ordered his military people to do, but also just his ability to lead. And so we want to review and get some comments on all of those questions this morning. The country had to wait hours yesterday, hours, for the president even to make a remark about what happened in Afghanistan early yesterday morning. Uh, We were told it might be early afternoon, but then we waited hours more. And it was about, I think, after 5 o'clock Eastern time when he finally came to a podium there at the White House to make his statements. So we want to review a little bit about what he had to say there and obviously to get reaction to it all. Yesterday, among other things, the Biden says he is going to continue the mission to get people out after our troops are scheduled to leave. You will remember He is dead set on ending the evacuation mission on August 31st. That's just what next this coming Tuesday. We're only days from that, three days, three, four days. He has not changed his mind about that. And so he says we'll continue the mission after the troops are gone, the mission to get people out. I assume that's what he means. Let's have a listen. We will complete our mission and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. 
We will find them and we will get them out. It's in their interest that we are able to leave on time, on target. Now, when he said it's in their interest, he was talking about the Taliban. And that, that's one of the big questions that people have this morning. We are, we are putting our trust, we, the United States, in a group of terrorists, in a group of thugs. We have put them in charge of putting a perimeter around the airport. And now President Biden, who, unlike the Brits and unlike the French, sent military people in to get people out of their homes there in Afghanistan, their nationals, and get them out of Afghanistan. The United States has not done that, not because our military, at least our soldiers, aren't willing to do that kind of thing, but because the president apparently made a deal with the Taliban. And now, speaking of deals with the Taliban, if you can believe this, the president has confirmed, President Biden has confirmed that we have turned over the names of Americans that are still in that country, of Afghanis who have helped us over the last 20 years. They've turned over those names to the Taliban. Pete Hexeth, if you watch Fox and Friends in the morning, uh, he is one of their, their commentators. He's also a veteran He was on Fox and Friends this morning and talking about basically the insanity now that these Taliban terrorists have a list of Americans and Afghans. Uh, And Peak Head says that basically it's a kill list. Cut number seven. We've created a kill list for the Taliban and handed it to them. At Taliban and Al-Qaeda, knowing who Kakani is as the number two, they are, they are hand in glove. That's who they are. They will not only kill anyone who didn't get through, but they will kill their families, and they will, they will interrogate people they find on the list to find out about other people. Right. This is on top of the data we know they already have, not to mention all the weapons they have and everything else. That list, that admission from the administration, and that entire speech the president gave last night were nothing but uh, a demonstration of how completely and 100% hostage the Americans, how, how hostage Joe Biden is to the Taliban. Completely. There's not a single thing we can do or will do or will say that isn't without the permission of the Taliban right now. Right. Even when he said, we'll, we'll find you and, and, and make you pay. How? You. When? Who? Certainly not now. Yeah. Not until we tuck tail and get out of that airport. Because one missile, one rocket, all the, all the weapons they have confiscated from us into that airfield stops the evacuation. Sure. You, and you thought yesterday was bad. And my God. God bless the souls of these 10 Marines and two soldiers and one sailor and their families and and, and the units that are there. Uh, it hit all of you like it hit me. But it could get worse. Let's pray it does not. And when you watch the way that Joe Biden conducted himself yesterday, there's not a single person on the planet that has confidence that he would do what's necessary other than continue to cut deals with the Taliban. Get out, get out, get out with the Taliban. Right. That's what we're stuck with. Pretty brutal assessment there from Pete Hegseth, but... I think Hegseth, in his remarks, is he's reflecting on what a lot of Americans feel. And perhaps uh, where America is now with President Joe Biden is reflected in some of the polls that came out this week. His popularity numbers, uh, his confidence numbers, the confidence that the American people put in him, have, it's just plummeted. And rightly so. There was a very 
interesting moment yesterday in this news conference yesterday afternoon with the president. First of all, when he got through making his remarks, he said he goes to his list and and, and he said something along the line that uh, I, I've been given a list. I've been instructed to ask these people talking about reporters. He's been instructed by someone on what reporters to talk to, to go to. And there's, there's a lot of things being written about that. So someone, and he used the word instructed, someone's instructing him on what reporters to go to. Now, what was really interesting, <laughs> apparently not on that list was Fox reporter Peter Ducey. But Peter Ducey got up and started to ask questions anyway. And so we're talking live TV here. The president could not ignore him. And this was one exchange. In particular, Peter Ducey said, do you take responsibility, Mr. President? Do you take responsibility for what happened? I want you to listen and listen to the, the response there. This is cut number three. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, as well as I do, that a former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. The reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. A lot of people aren't buying this. You notice he said he took responsibility, but then as the White House, as the President Biden has been doing, immediately kind of tries to blame President Trump. Now, as a lot of people have pointed out, President Biden has done away with uh, most of the principal decisions taken by President Trump. I mean, he certainly did away with President Trump's decisions to protect our southern border, along with a host of other decisions. But somehow, what President Biden is trying to do in the way of convincing the nation that my hands were kind of tied, I had to go along with what decisions that President Trump made. Well, Speaking of former President Trump, he was on with Hannity last night. Listen to his assessment of the situation. Cut number six. We have been put in the worst position we could possibly be put in, a position that nobody would have even thought 
possible even two weeks ago. Nobody would have thought this would be possible, that we could be in a position like this where the Taliban and others are dictating. And they're the ones saying get out on the 31st. I think Biden wanted to stay, but they said we will not have you get out. There will be consequences. You heard that. That was said by the leader of the Taliban. We want you out by the 31st. There will be consequences. What kind of stuff is this? These are the people that we had at bay to a level that you wouldn't believe. There was no way that they never even fired on our troops. Yeah, former President Trump there. And a lot of people aren't buying the idea that somehow President Biden's hands were tied by a decision made by President Trump. No, the exit plan, President Biden has to own that. And it has been a disaster. It has been a disaster trying to get Americans out, trying to get those Afghans out that have been loyal to us over the last 20 years, interpreters and others. While another person not buying the idea that somehow President Biden's hands have been tied by former President Trump is Greg Gross. He's a gold star dad. He was on Fox and Friends this morning, and he had this message. My message to the president of the United States of America is this. Mr. President, I will continue to pray for you. I will continue to pray for your administration that somehow you will find the wisdom from God to get us out of this horrific mess that, Mr. President, you have gotten us into. And please quit blaming this on the former president of the United States of America. You are culpable. You alone, the buck stops at your desk. And I would wish that you would quit blaming this on other people. Take the responsibility, quit passing the buck, and get on with your job and do what we hired you to do. We do not work for you, Mr. President. You work for us. And as Americans, we demand that justice be done and that the right thing be done. And we know what that is, and you know what it is. A lot of dads who lost loved ones, sons and daughters, are asking the same question this morning. Time for this president to take a leadership role. We have much more ahead. Uh, We're going to go up to Washington, D.C. in just a few moments and get the assessment from there of what the developments in the last 24, 48 hours really means for this presidency and what it means for the country and perhaps what needs to be done to correct things. You're listening to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Don't go away. Much more ahead on this Friday morning. We'll be right back. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into 
one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Ian Brownlee, Acting Assistant Secretary for Consular Affairs at the U.S. Department of State. His office is responsible for the welfare and protection of U.S. citizens abroad. Proverbs 3.23 reminds us of God's protection in our travels. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Ian Brownlee as he works to help Americans around the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. As you plan your summer college visits, add Liberty University to the list. With many visiting options to choose from, you're sure to find the right one to fit your schedule. Spend a few hours exploring campus with our student-led team at Tour LU, dig deeper and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience LU, or take your next steps towards becoming a student at Decide LU. Learn more and register today by texting VISIT to 49596. Again, that's VISIT to 49596. See you this summer. A school administrator in Germantown, Tennessee, has been reassigned after she compared vaccine cards to the yellow stars Jews were forced to wear in Nazi Germany. Jana Makowitz was an assistant principal at Houston High School. She posted the provocative question on her personal Facebook page. What's the difference between vaccine papers and a yellow star? The answer, 82 years. The post allegedly triggered sensitive students. A petition drive was started, and that was the end of assistant principal Makowitz. It is an interesting question, though, especially when you consider that in modern-day America, the government is forcing the unvaccinated to wear monitoring devices and badges, and those without vaccine papers can't even eat inside a restaurant. They've dehumanized a segment of the population just like the Nazis did. How ironic that something like this happened on American soil in a place called Germantown. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And once again, welcome back to this Friday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Uh, We're going back over the last 24 hours and... um, This morning, as I mentioned off the top of the program, this nation is mourning the deaths of 13 brave members of our military. As a result of those two suicide bombers yesterday, just outside the barricades leading to the airport there in Kabul, uh, suicide bombers, ISIS is getting blamed for this. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised by this. They managed to get by the 
Taliban terrorists who have been given the assignment and the trust of the Biden administration to screen people who are trying to get to the airport. You know, during uh, the president's uh, address to the nation, as I said, we had to wait hours and hours yesterday. But he, in, in one part of his speech, tried to talk tough. Sounded a lot like President Bush did after 9-11. But Biden says, we will not forgive, not forget. We will hunt down these terrorists. Cut number one. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. We will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place we choose, in the moment of our choosing. Well, I I hope the president uh, will forgive. I think there's a lot of skepticism this morning over those remarks. When people have now witnessed the disastrous decision to exit the way that President Biden has planned the country to exit Afghanistan, to see how things have gone, I'm not questioning for a moment the the military's ability to do what Biden said he would do. I'm questioning whether he would be willing to do what it takes to gain retribution for what what happened yesterday. We'll have to wait and see. Joining us this morning from Washington, D.C., our good friend Gary Bauer, Campaign for Working Families. Gary, you know, um, we shouldn't be shocked. We, We are horrified by what happened yesterday, but we shouldn't be shocked because President Biden and his administration has been leading us down this road where this was almost inevitable. Well, you're, you're exactly right, Fred. Um, you know, uh, Bill Gates, who served under a number of presidents, Republican and Democrats, said a couple years ago that he was a friend of Joe Biden's, but that sadly Biden had been wrong about every major foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. And I think Biden's got to continues to maintain his perfect record about that. He, he could not do this pullout from Afghanistan correctly. You, uh, you just mentioned those tough words. I think that's the reason it took them all day to get him in front of a microphone. He had to rehearse those tough words which mean absolutely nothing, I'm sad to say. I will defend our people. He's saying that in the middle of a week where they are making it absolutely clear they will not get all the Americans out of Afghanistan. I will defend our people, he said, after he drops 5,000 troops into the middle of an airport in a city controlled by our enemies and gives the Taliban the ability to secure the perimeter of the airport and decide who gets to approach the airport. I mean, the very moment he said those words, the reality on the ground in Afghanistan, we're showing those words to be nothing but words uh, that were intended uh, for domestic political consumption. He's still trying to protect his back end politically 
while he pursues this just terrible, ill-conceived, and now deadly policy that's got 13 American families today mourning the loss of their sons and daughters. Not to mention, Gary, that it was confirmed yesterday that we have handed over the names of Americans who are still in Afghanistan and the Afghans who had helped us. He's handed over that list of names to the Taliban. And people are shaped. Pete Hegseth on Fox and Friends this morning called it a kill list. Yeah, you know, Fred, when I saw that that story, and and I had the same reaction. I'm sure you did, and uh, and other Americans hearing it this morning would would have. You is it possible to be this stupid? I don't think you can be this stupid. And so then I have to ask myself why. Would these kinds of horrible mistakes be made? And, and and I I have to believe that there's some agenda here that we don't quite discern yet. But I, I just even a stopped clock is right twice a day. This guy is never right when it comes to protecting the lives of the American people, which is the number one priority of any president of the United States. You, you know, Fred, when when the president decided we would abandon Bagram Air Base, uh, he gave the military very few options after that. That's why his words were so empty yesterday when he said, we'll track you down. We won't forget. We won't forgive. Once we abandoned that huge military base in Afghanistan a few months ago, we have very little ability in any comprehensive way uh, to strike back. And I, I've got, I have to be honest about this. I, I'm really worried. I suspect at this point the Iranians are on the ground in Kabul. This is like a magnet now for anybody and everybody that wants to hurt and humiliate the United States. I'm, I'm trying to think through what happens if somebody launches a mortar attack on the Kabul airport. It's got one runway. If that runway is severely damaged in a mortar attack, we've got 5,000 American troops stuck in an airport in the middle of a city that is in the hands of our enemies with no ability of planes to land or take off. So this could get a lot worse. And since nothing can get Biden out of the out of the White House right now, I, I would urge all of your listeners and every American, whatever your party, to pray to God that he would spare this country and those men of an even worse disaster that could have happened, that could have happened in the next 72 hours. You know, just a few moments ago, Gary, we, we played a clip, Peter Ducey of Fox News, which I regard him as one of the last of honest reporters apparently in this nation when it comes to covering the White House, challenged yeah. pa- challenged uh, the president on taking responsibility. And I guess to no one's surprise, President Biden immediately referred to, well, I had to abide by the former president's plan. Yeah. He hasn't abided by any of Trump's decisions, border security, you name it. But all of a sudden, he wants to say, "I had to abide by the former president's plan." Yeah, no, this is this is insane, and I I, I hope nobody 
uh, no American uh, would be dumb enough to to believe that. Uh, President Trump, in the last, oh, I'd say, sixteen months of his pregnancy, the pregnancy of his presidency, did not have one U.S. soldier killed in Afghanistan. Sixteen months with no deaths of U.S. soldiers. A couple of times after the deal was made between President Trump and the Taliban, Taliban forces attacked places that were in the interest of the United States. He immediately struck back and he stopped the plan. And he reported, he repeated to them, any violation of a ceasefire and we will smash you. It was only after he left office and the Taliban saw the weakness of President Biden did they start violating the agreement. And every time they violated, they saw Biden do nothing. That's why we're in the position we're in today. This guy will not take responsibility. He, you know, he blames President Trump for the border crisis. <laughs> Another one of Biden's gigantic mistakes. So this has nothing to do with President Trump. President Trump was respected around the world. Nobody wanted to mess with him, from communist China to the Iranians to the Taliban. Now everybody wants to mess with the United States. You know, I, I've been listening also over the last few days and even this morning, uh, various members of Gold Star Moms, Dads, have been interviewed and and I've heard this question asked before, you know, why why did I lose my son? Why did I lose my daughter? For what cause? Because 20 years later, at least I think President Trump was going to take us out having accomplished something and certainly was going to take us out of this with our heads held high. But President yeah. Biden has put us into a situation, and I have to wonder what impact this is going to have on the young men and young women of this country as far as joining up for our military. I think it certainly has is encouraging young Muslims around the world to join that cause. Oh, there, there's no question about it. And, and uh, this is another thing I think most Americans don't think about. After 9-11, the horror of 9-11, young Americans rushed to the recruiting offices to join the U.S. military. But what we don't generally, what we aren't generally aware of is that a lot of young Muslims around the world rush to join uh, terrorists, uh, Islamo-fascist terrorist groups. They saw uh, this attack on the United States and us laid low, and it caused uh, radical feelings to stir in them. We even had uh, radical Muslims in the United States that rushed to join foreign radical Islamic terrorist groups after 9-11. Then over the next 20 years, as we defeated the radical Islamists every place we confronted them, their spirits were crushed. Now we have this fiasco in Afghanistan, and I will guarantee you, Fred, that young Muslims around the country, around the world, with the radical imams at their mosque telling them that Allah will rule the world, I will guarantee you that many of those uh, young people are being radicalized, and we will see not only the Taliban gain in numbers, but ISIS, al-Shabaab, Hamas, Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, 
the, the weakness that this president is showing right now is giving heart to the people who believe their religious duty is to kill all the infidels, and that's Christians and Jews that they believe they should kill, uh, Israelis and Americans. And now, look, I want to I want to add quickly, Fred. There are millions of Muslims who reject that yes. and who want to live in peace. So there's a civil war within Islam. But the only Muslims that really matter at this point are the ones who believe that they are on a mission from Allah to destroy us, and we have got to fight them back. Yeah. Gary, we only have a few minutes left. I guess I want to ask you the question that maybe a lot of Americans are asking this morning. What can we do about this right now as far as leadership in this country? And I'm talking about President Biden and uh, Vice President Harris. A lot yeah, of people so, a lot of people are looking it's it's uh, over a year out to the midterms it's another 3 years before the next presidential election what can be done Yeah no it's a great question and obviously uh prayer is important but yes. prayer uh needs action also look I am sure there are people listening who just never get involved in politics snap out of it you are a citizen of probably the most important country in the world. If America goes down, the world will sink into another dark age. You've got to be involved. Register to vote. Pay attention. Use what's happening to talk to family members that maybe thought when they voted for Biden or didn't vote that this this kind of liberal approach would work. Point out to them what's happening and the increased danger that they're in. Talk to people at your church. Ask your pastor to say something from the pulpit. They don't have to get into politics, but they can talk to the members of the congregation about what's morally at stake in America in these times we live in. I I just think there is a lot we can do. And by the way, I'm waiting for some of my quote-unquote friends that were never Trumpers in the Republican Party. And I'm not going to name them. Some of them have been close friends. They bear part of the responsibility for giving giving this country a president that is incapable of leading us in these dangerous times. Yeah, I wonder if they miss him yet. Gary, uh, as always, good to have you. I love your end of day. Tell folks how you can get this daily email to bring us up to date on what's happening in D.C. Thank you very much, Fred. They can go to our, O-U-R, ouramericanvalues.org, and you can sign up there. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. God bless. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. I want your verdict, folks. Where do you stand this morning on this? 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Your assessment. And what can be done to change things? 888-589-8840. Want to hear from you when we come back here on Sandy Rios in the morning on a Friday. We'll be back in a few minutes. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, 
Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Faith, hope, love. Abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Karl Marx, an emissary of evil, and Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, were evangelists of diametrically opposed messages. Yet they both lived in London at the same time. In fact, when asked the name of the person he most detested, Frederick Ingalls, Marx's cohort in chaos, responded unequivocally, Spurgeon. A generation later, George Bernard Shaw, a hardcore communist, seethed in hatred for William Booth and his Salvation Army of volunteers. Time and again, robust Christian witness has been the inoculate against the proliferation of Marxist poison in society. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us, and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us, and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community, and this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex-attracted couple contact us, and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what, and they said, please. Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The Biden administration has not only armed the Taliban, the terrorist group now doing business as the government of Afghanistan, with an arsenal of advanced weapons. Those jihadists have also been armed with what one unnamed defense official called a kill list, identifying U.S. personnel contractors and Afghan allies. That's almost certainly a death sentence for perhaps thousands of those folks being left behind. After all, the Taliban have reportedly already reverted to form doing roundups and summary executions of their enemies. Not satisfied with dispensing information it shouldn't, Team Biden has dispensed with data it urgently needs. Consequently, thousands of Afghans lacking identification have been admitted into our country. One of America's preeminent authorities on jihadism, Robert Spencer, says it is a certitude that among them are Sharia supremacists bent on murder here. It's not a presidency. It's a wrecking operation. This is Frank Gaffney. Frank Gaffney. 
Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Friday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. And obviously we are talking about what is going on in Afghanistan. We are remembering the lives of 13 members of our armed services. Uh, They gave their lives yesterday in Afghanistan at the hands of two suicide bombers, trying their best to carry out an almost impossible mission given to them by President Biden, uh, who turned over the security of the airport where these evacuations were taking place to the Taliban. And not to too many people's surprise, two suicide bombers got through their Taliban control perimeter, killing 13 service members, wounding several others who we understand were flown overnight back to the United States uh, for treatment of those wounds. But also at least 95 Afghans died yesterday when those suicide bombs went off. And many more. Apparently the scene in Kabul this morning, the mortuaries there cannot handle anybody. There, there are bodies laying on the ground outside of hospitals. This is horrific. I suppose one of our prayer priorities this morning ought to be there's still several days to go here. We need to keep praying for the protection of our military people and then hoping that all Americans can get out of there and those Afghans that have supported us because President Biden yesterday confirmed once again this operation, he says, is going to end August 31st whether we get all those Americans out, those Afghans who want to get out, it's going to end on Tuesday. You know, uh, we interviewed a lot of interesting people on this subject. Uh, One of them is uh, retired Navy Commander Kirk Lippold, who commanded the USS Cole. We talked to him yesterday a little bit about what is going on, and I, I guess it's an understatement at this point, it's a failure of leadership, including in the military, according to Commander Lippold, cut number four. Well, I think what you're seeing, unfortunately, is an abject failure of leadership. And you're seeing it at the highest level of our government and, unfortunately, now at the highest level of the military. They have become so acquiescent and compliant that they're willing to tell the commander-in-chief anything he wants to hear in order for them to preserve their job. And I, I think that is where the tragedy truly lies. Yeah, uh, the commander makes a good point there. Now, yesterday, the president said that all his military advisors had given him the same answer. A lot of people are scratching their heads. Surely, if you want to, if you're a leader in the military and you're asked for your feedback, surely there was someone who'd said, you know, this evacuation plan has disaster written all over it, but that's not what we're told. The other thing that some people have been talking about our military seems to have had misplaced priorities since President Biden uh, took office as commander-in-chief. Yesterday, one of the military leaders was celebrating equality within the ranks. We've also heard uh, uh, the Secretary of Defense talking about one of the president's priorities is to root out people according to their point of view. Now, let's not be fooled by that. Basically, he's going after people, um, members of the military who have conservative points of view, Christian point of view, or, or, or voted for President Trump. Imagine that 
that's become one of the priorities when all of this sort of thing is, these dangers are happening around the world. Not to mention China's agenda, Russia's agenda. As I said before the break, time to hear from you. Your verdict on all of this. Let's go first to Tennessee and Shirley. Shirley, good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. <clears throat> Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you I'm one of those that believes the same thing. This country has been totally given up by these wicked communists that have been put in power. First of all, I don't believe that there's nothing we can do about Biden. There is one move we, the American people, can make. Kick Milley out of his job. Let him know today you either go over there and deliver all 10,000 of our people or you're gone. Kick him out of his job. Get us somebody hit the head of the the military who cares about this country and, number one, loves Jesus, and have them go into the White House, march up there, kick out Biden, Harris, Pelosi, McConnell, and all the rest of the demons, Republican and Democrat. We need a military, our military, the ones who love the Lord and love this country, kick them out and put Donald Trump in, who won the election in the first place. That's the only way we're going to clear this up. Otherwise, this country is gone, and I trust in Jesus. He's our God. We don't have one. We have no leader. The man has Alzheimer's. He doesn't even need to be up there. But nobody's doing nothing because the military is sitting complicit. The blood is on Biden's hands and Millie. Kick Millie out. And I hope somebody gets the message to him. He's out of there. All right. All right, Shirley. Uh, I can hear Shirley's frustration. There's no question about it. Millie, she's referring to uh, one of the commanders, obviously. Uh, He is the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And uh, I hear Shirley's uh, frustration. I I, I really do. But I I think the reality is Shirley's plan is is not the way that that the country is blueprinted. But um, but I, I think... Going back to what our, our guest Gary Bauer said a few moments ago, that Americans who have been sitting on the fence polit- politically and kind of let things unfold uh, need to get involved. Christians need to get involved. We've seen it. we're seeing this on so many fronts, folks. Uh, we're we're seeing this uh, with regards to the battle against critical race theory being taught to our kids. Finally, there are some areas, I'm thinking of Loudoun County and Virginia, where parents are waking up and there are going to be school board elections and they're saying, it's time for me to run if I want to do something to protect my child. And it's much the same thing. You've got to get involved. You've got to talk to friends about it. Gary Bauer was suggesting, have your preacher start talking about these things. Or the consequence is we're going to lose our country. All right. Let's go to Bobby in Arkansas. Good morning, Bobby. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of quick comments I wanted to make. Like was mentioned earlier, I do hold the Republicans partly responsible for us being in the position we're in with Joe Biden because for four years they slow-walked the America First agenda and did nothing to shore up the integrity of our, ele- our elections. And I think one of the biggest things we can do to fix this situation is to get behind these election audits that are taking place and to fix our election process. And the final thing is don't lose hope. I was looking the other night on Twitter, and I saw another lifelong Democrat saying, I'm through with the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got to continue to pray. 
don't lose hope because people, you know, the Democrats are bleeding supporters now like they have been for five years. If the Republicans will seize this opportunity, they can grow the party with America first agenda. Bobby, that's very interesting, your, your comment there. And I've often I've been wondering that in recent days. If, if this Biden disastrous leadership continues, what is a Democrat who hopes to get reelected next year in the midterms, the House elections in particular, what are they going to run on? What are they going to run on? Uh, are they going to go out there and say we need, need more of the Biden disaster? You know, and, and for any uh, Democrat who says, well, I'll just stay silent until next year and then I'll speak out against Biden, no. This is where, you know, you, uh, the voter, has to step in and, and call that Democrat if a Democrat is in charge of your district and say, what are you going to do about this? Now, Nancy Pelosi is a pretty strong leader, and, and for the most part, Democrats in the House, if she says jump, they say high, how high. But I wonder, in the situation that we're in right now, as our caller was alluding to, are there some Democrats that would be willing to go along with an impeachment effort? And you say, well, then we get Kamala Harris. Well, she can be impeached, too. All right, back to the phones. Texas, good morning, Ed. Go ahead. Yes, hi. I think there are uh, plenty of blame to go around because what I see is that both presidents have been incompetent. I'm a true independent voter. Mm -hmm. I voted for every winning president since 2004. And this whole thing started with Donald Trump releasing 5,000 Taliban prisoners. And he even released the leader of the Taliban who's in charge right now. He put 5,000 terrorists back on the front line to kill our American soldiers. And now this idiot president of ours um, can't even get this withdrawal um, correct, co- correctly. And, you know, I put blames on both sides. I put blame on both presidents. They're both, uh, if you ask me, we should have been out of Afghanistan back when we killed bin Laden. After, after bin Laden was um, gone, we should have immediately gotten out of there. And this would have been an old story. Ed, I, I agree with you. I think both Republicans and Democrats uh, failed uh, with regards to having our military stay there for 20 years. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think the, the mission should have been well-defined. The mission was to get Osama bin Laden. Uh, the mission was to go after those, uh, al-Qaeda and others, who planned 9-11 against us. But once that mission was done, uh, we should have gotten out. But instead... Uh, successive governments, both Republican and Democrats, um, went into nation building. And I, I, I think we talked about this yesterday on today's issues. We, you cannot hope to go into an Islamic-controlled area and believe that they will buy into what we believe in, a democracy. Uh, they're just not going to buy it because they believe in a Taliban mentality in most of these countries. We tried it in Iraq. It doesn't work. And now we've learned the lesson the hard way again in Afghanistan. All right. Uh, we say good morning to Jeanette in Louisiana. Good morning, Jeanette. Good morning. Um, my prayers is that the people's eyes are being opened because Biden is showing who really voted for them. And it's not the innocent, nor the American people, nor the Christian. He is catering to 
the wicked people that put him in office because that election was stolen. And so that's why Biden cannot help the, help the innocent and the American people, because we didn't vote for him. He owe us nothing. That's the way he feels. He owe us nothing. Jeanette, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, he's in office now. He's going to do. But you know what? He is doing what he promised to do. And that is what's troubling a lot of people that can't understand. Uh, but then you get into the whole question of what happened in the last election. And that's why we have these audits going on right now. That's why you have states like Texas and Georgia that are looking again at their voting regulations to stop what many people believe were inaccuracies in the way things were, were handled. All right, I think we have time for one more call. Let's go down to Florida. And D. good morning, D. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, and I appreciate you sitting in for Sandy. You've done a great job. Um, I think a couple of things, having listened to the past callers that that already been on this morning, uh, one of the things, the first thing I called about is that um, I'm I'm kind of incredulous, and it's not a criticism, but I'm kind of credulous when people say, I don't understand why Biden doesn't get it. President Biden was, like that last lady said, was put in there by the people who wanted for decades for us to be communist, socialist, Marxist, call it whatever you want. And they're at the end of their game. They've come all the way down. They told us how they were going to do it. They've done it. And they're, they're, they're at the end point of winning the game. So he is merely a mouthpiece for the Marxist, communist, socialists that want to take over this country. So therefore, he's not speaking for himself. He's speaking for them because they put him in the office by usurping the election. Um, and I don't understand why people say, I don't understand why he's doing this, because that's what they, they put him in there for. And that's what they want is completely devastate this country until they can take over as socialists. Yeah. Um, that, that's the first thing I wanted to say. Uh, and I think, I think we need to recognize that and quit saying, I don't understand why. But also, people need to go back and read the Declaration of Independence, where it talks about we're obligated and it's our duty to abolish a government that's doing to us exactly what they're doing. And I think we as people need to rise up and if we have to have a coup, we have to have a coup. It was a coup that put him in that office. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, but in the same token, you know, that's what a Declaration of Independence says, and people need to go back and read it. All right, Dee, we appreciate your comments. All right, we're fresh out of time, but you know what, folks? This conversation is going to continue today. American Family Radio over coffee at the coffee shop, and uh, Americans are given an opportunity to reflect on where we are and where they want the country to go in the future. All right. Thanks for being a blessing, folks, to us. And we hope we're a blessing to you as the day goes on. Fred Jackson signing off. We'll see you again soon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.